0: Welcome to the Birding Life podcast. My name is Adam, and I'm your host on the podcast where we discover birds and the people that pursue them. So this is episode number fifty-five, and as you may have seen, today's title is "A Birder in Zimbabwe." We are going to get a first-hand account of what it is like traveling to the country as a birder. Daniel Engelbrecht recently did a trip to this stunning birding destination. He not only tells us all about the birds that he saw, but also gives us valuable information on what traveling to the country is like. For anyone that has ever wished to visit Zimbabwe to bird, this episode will provide lots of valuable tips and information. As always, The Birding Life is proud to be associated with Swarovski Optic, one of the world's leading producers of binoculars, monoculars, and spotting scopes, as well as the Bird logging Birdlogging app. Spot, plot, play a part. Download and install the app to play your part in social conservation. The Birding Life is a lot more than just a podcast. It's a multi-platform resource to connect birders with each other, amazing locations, the best resources, and obviously where to find amazing birds. Be sure to check out our website, www.thebirdinglife.com. Our YouTube channel, our youth podcast, as well as our various social media platforms. So without further ado, let's hear from today's guest, Daniel Engelbrecht. So Daniel, welcome to the show. This is the third time you've been on the Birding Life Show. I actually said when we before we went on air that we need to get you a cap. I mean, you're like part of the family, dude.
1: No, awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's an absolute pleasure to be here again. And yeah, really looking forward to chatting all things birds and Birding.
0: I think your last episode was one of our record episodes. It was one of the most listened to episodes. So, you know, maybe one day you'll get a gold plaque in the post or something saying that you were up there like you can put on your wall. I don't
1: know. Can't wait for it. Yeah, I'll, I'll... I'll definitely put it up, well, you know, one of the most listened to podcasts on the birding life. Awesome, man.
0: So last time we chatted, you were smack bang in the middle of your matric year. And what was insane is we had this youth birding challenge and a whole lot of other guys were taking part. You had probably more freedom to travel on that. And right in the middle of your matric year, you won the youth birding challenge. You know, we've, we've chatted about that on previous podcasts. So since your matric year finished and you've got a bit more freedom, what has 2021 looked like for you?
1: Well, I mean, it's looked like birds. Um, I've done, <laughs> I've done an insane amount of birding over the last few months. Probably more birding than than in, probably more birding days than any other any other days. So yeah, it's been it's been fantastic so far. I'm actually taking a gap year this year, so it's given me a lot of time to get out into the field and do loads of birding. Yeah, I've been doing quite a bit of guiding as well, so gaining a bit of experience in the guiding industry, taking people out, showing them some of the the really cool birds of the of the Limpopo province, and um. Yeah, so I mean, so far it's been it's been chock a block and really, really fantastic.
0: So, what's the lifeless list looking like at the moment?
1: Uh, the lifeless is now on seven hundred and seventeen. So, you know, there's there's been marginal Im- improvement since <laughs> since the last time I spoke to you with, with all of these trips.
0: Now you get to that place where you add like you start adding. You're lucky to add one word to your list, and you're at that kind of place right now where you have to travel far and wide <laughs> to add anything to your list.
1: Now that's that's that's, exa- that's exactly how it is. I mean, here in Lampope, if, if I can add anything, it's it's, it's it's really fantastic. So yeah, definitely slowly approaching that stage. But I mean, still plenty of areas out there where there's loads of birds still for me to get.
0: If anyone follows you on Instagram or Facebook, I'm sure they get a lot of birding envy when they look at the places that you've been to. And like you spoke about the fact you're doing a bit of a gap year this year. And I see you've done quite a lot of traveling around South Africa to add more birds to your list. So tell us about some of these adventures you've been on this year.
1: Uh, yeah, so my year started off actually in the Northern Kruger National Park. I was there for, for New Year's and I mean, it's a, it's a really fantastic place. I mean, for any of you who have birded the Northern Kruger, you'll know it's, I mean, the diversity of birds is, is crazy. And yeah, many birds that you only find in South Africa, there ranges in there. Um, so for example, I'm using an example like Dickinson's Kestrel. It's a bird that only occurs in that area in South Africa. So, I mean, it's a, it's a fantastic area, so I started off there. Then I did a lot of birding around Limpopo in the beginning, in January and February, chased a few rarities. We had a northern wheat tap at Zarkal Drift and a collared flycatch on the Limpopo River. So, a little bit of r- rarity chasing in between. Then in March, we'll talk about it later now, uh, we had a, I had a trip planned for Zim, and that was, I mean, unbelievable. And, yeah, shortly after that, I did a trip on uh, the Western Cape and the West Coast, so it's been really Loaded birding, um, loads of loads of lifers everywhere, and yeah, it's been it's been epic.
0: I see you connect some, with some really good birders down in the Western Cape, which were some of the birders that you got to bird with.
1: So actually, I didn't get to bird with that many birders, but yeah, their their help was I mean invaluable. I would have been I would have been really lost without them. I did bird with you know Vince Ward and Callan Cohen, two absolutely two legends of the Western Cape, not even the Western Cape of Southern Africa. So really a privilege to bird alongside them. But I mean, some of the local guys just gave me spots. Uh, Joel Odea, Joshua Zulski, I mean, uh, Garrett Skeet. So there were a whole bunch of guys that helped me with spots. And um, I mean, yeah, without them, the whole trip wouldn't have been possible. So it was yeah, really good to, to connect with them and you know,
0: get these spots. So we spoke last time about your love for pies. <laughs> so, you know, you've been traveling around the country quite a bit. Have you discovered any other really good places for pies?
1: So, um, yeah, I've been, certainly, I've certainly upped my my pie intake over the last few months, probably to a slightly unhealthy level per week. But anyway, no, I I still I still stand firm as Zanin has the best pies. And I mean, a magpie chicken mayo is quite, quite unbeatable. But we do have a new contender for the worst pie out there. A couple of days ago, I was up just outside Langebon and I stopped at a filling station there and ordered a, a chicken roll pie. And I mean, for, 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 for me to put a pie down halfway, it has to be pretty horrendous. So as a... As a, a veteran pri- pie eater, just a little pro tip out there: stay well away from any pies within a healthy radius of Langembaan.
0: I think what we need to do we need to actually put together the the best and the worst pie list, get people to vote on it, and put together a list because I think birders consume a crazy amount of pies. I mean, it's just it's just like it's it's a handy meal you can kind of chat while you're driving. It's a good meal to chow.
1: It is absolutely. I mean, like I say, birding and pies go hand in hand for me. It's and they they always have and always will. So I think it'll be a great idea to get a bit of a a tier list of, you know, the best and the worst parts going.
0: So, yo, yeah, I got you on the show is you've just come back from an amazing trip up to Zimbabwe. Now, Zimbabwe was actually the country I was born in, so I'm really... It's one of my destinations that I want to visit probably more than anywhere else in the world right now. So we're going to chat to you and get the load on all the spots that you got to visit. And I'm hoping that as people listen to this, they're going to learn a little bit more about the birding in Zimbabwe and actually possibly be able to plan a trip for themselves. But before we chat about your trip, you spoke about... I asked you before the interview and you said you hadn't actually been up to Zimbabwe before. This was your first time you've birded in Zimbabwe. So I want to chat about how the planning process looked like for the trip. And, you know, I'm not just looking, you know, obviously you're going to talk about how you prepared for the Zimbabwe trip. But the idea around this is for people that are going to visit locations and places they haven't been birding at before is how would that planning process look like for you and what practical advice can you give them?
1: Right. So for me, the, the planning for the Zimtrip actually started in December last year. Um, I got in touch with a very good friend of mine and probably one of the best Zimbabwe bird guides out there, Tony Wood. And yeah, I started talking to Tony about planning a trip around around two weeks long to see what we could get. And we sort of got this rough idea to do Harare and the surrounds, then move up to the northeast and then go down to, to the eastern highlands. So that was sort of the rough idea. And then I had that planned for January. And unfortunately, the, the lockdown restrictions tightened in Zimbabwe then. Um, so we had to postpone the trip, and in March, Tony sent me an email, and he basically said, tourism is now open, and more importantly, the rallies are still here. So immediately, that was on a Friday, I booked my flights, did my COVID test, and on the Monday, I was there in Zim. So that's basically how quickly it went. Once I got to Zim, Tony and I sat down, and then we started you know, strategically planning how we we're going to tackle this, went through the target list, and then saw how we were going to do it. So... Yeah, a couple of tips I would give to people wanting to plan a trip. I'd say definitely get in touch with the locals. They know all the spots, they know all of these hidden gems. So get yourself a local, find out from them where the spots are. Then sort of start to develop a, a rough trip plan. Make sure that trip plan can fit in with your with with your budget, It's obviously very important. And then add in your your target species and then yeah, slowly you start to plan a logical and you know smooth route across those across those areas. So that's basically what I did in Zoom, and yeah, it was
0: epic. I think a lot of people, when you ask them that question, they say, "Well, go on Google or and go." There's there's a lot of websites that speak about it. what I what I honestly find is a lot of these um, websites that write about these different places a little bit of a, a little bit out of date. And I think when you use lo- chat to local birders, you get up to date current information about birds that are being seen.
1: Precisely. I mean, I wouldn't have known that. You know where the uh, the rallies were at that time of the year and um because i was with locals they had been burdened there every single time over you know the last couple of months they knew exactly where the birds were so it was yeah it makes it way easier if you have local knowledge of the area and yeah like i said they're birding there the whole time so they know where the birds are at those specific times so i mean local help is absolutely critical
0: so what was the attraction to visit zimbabwe what why was it that you wanted to visit there
1: uh, well no of course it was the, the the 670 species that have been recorded in Zim over the years yeah in terms if you narrow it down to a, a southern african scale I mean Zim is an absolute must you've got large areas of Miombo woodland and many of those species in Miombo I found nowhere else but in Miombo. so it was definitely the birds were the main motivation many birds that I needed to see there and I mean just right off the bat species like yellow mantled widow bird boulder chat rock thrush these are species that are Relatively easy in Zim, but I mean, you'll have quite a hard time finding them anywhere else. So for birders, I mean, Zim is an absolute must.
0: So a lot of people, when they hear about Zimbabwe, there's a fear that's attached to traveling up there. And, you know, there's things such as petrol shortages, corrupt traffic cops that pull you over and give you crazy fines. And there's a whole lot that that people hear about Zimbabwe. And I know for a lot of people, even what they want to, they want to drive, you know, there's the, the, the fear of going over the border and all these kinds of things. So how did you find it traveling in the country as a tourist? And are there challenges that we should be aware of if we want to travel into Zimbabwe?
1: Right. So there's, I mean, there's many, there's, there's so much confusion about Zim. And I think there's a couple of myths that need to, that I need to debunk now. Um, <laughs> first of all, food sh- shortages, not at all an, an issue in Zim anymore. We sort of have this idea in South Africa of empty shelves in Zim. And I mean, their pick and pay, their local pick and pay is probably better stocked than the one here in Polokwane. So food is certainly not a problem. You'll probably have to pay a little bit more for it than you would say in South Africa, but certainly no problem you know, acquiring food anywhere. Uh, next thing is fuel shortages that used to be a problem but as of recently it, it, it hasn't been that much of an issue uh, we were able to get fuel anywhere and the price of diesel does range anywhere from $1.17 up to something like $1.35 for a litre so fuel is expensive but again it's it's available anywhere so definitely not an issue roadblocks there's a heavy police presence on the roads in Zim I was traveling with a local Tony Wood and I would definitely recommend traveling with a local and you can get in contact with Tony on birdingzimbabwe.com. And yeah, roadblocks, we didn't have any issues because we were traveling in a Zim car. He said it shouldn't be a problem if you were coming from South Africa. Um, apparently, over the last two years, the roadblock issue has become considerably better in Zim. Uh, the quality of the roads in general were okay. Certain areas, for example, in the suburbs, the road quality is really, really bad. And most of the highways are actually fine. Uh, they single carriageway, so it takes really, really long to travel anywhere. But um, certainly not not a limiting factor. And yeah, in terms of safety, Zimbabwe is an extremely safe country for, for tourists to visit. I mean, there's always been political instability, but there's, as with any country, there's a, a low risk of you know, petty crime, but um, violent crime and armed robbery is you've extremely low risk in Zimbabwe, far safer than, for example, South Africa. So yeah, definitely no no excuses out there. Zim is definitely doable, and with the help of a local, it definitely... Quite achievable,
0: and the Zimbabwe people are so friendly.
1: Oh, They are fantastic. Really, some of the friendliest people I've ever met were in this in this Japan zone. Um Really helpful and yeah, super friendly.
0: And in terms of the currency, you were speaking about dollars. That's obviously referring to American dollars. Can you use South African rands there? Is there Zimbabwe dollars? What is the, what what is the currency in Zimbabwe at the moment? And and how easy is it to, is it to get currency? I know there was time before where it was quite difficult to get currency in in Zimbabwe.
1: Um, yeah. So in Zim, it's quite variable. Uh, some, I mean, you can use you can use US dollars and you can use Zim dollars. Uh, both are relatively easy to acquire in Zim. Some shops do. Uh, you, I mean, you can pay in rand in some shops. So really, it does depend on where you go. But in general, US dollar and Zim dollar will get you pretty much anything you want. So yeah, that's 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 basically it for the for the currency section. And yeah, I don't think it's an issue to get currency anywhere in Zimbabwe.
0: And this question will not be a will hopefully not be a question that we'll have to ask in the next year or so, but it's very real at the moment, the COVID situation. Uh, I know you flew up to Zimbabwe. Which airline did you fly with?
1: Right, so I flew I flew fast jet from um, from Johannesburg to Harare. And then on the way back, I flew Airlink from Harare back to Johannesburg.
0: And then how was it traveling in COVID times? I mean, I know wearing masks and that, how, did, how was that on the, you know, practically, how did that look, you know, leaving South Africa, arriving in Zimbabwe in terms of COVID time? Because, you know, there's a lot of people that are quite cautious to travel in these in these covid times
1: yeah um so in general the, the zimbabwe has followed pretty much the same lead as south africa in terms of lockdowns and that kind of thing so the situation with travel is pretty much the same as it is here so there's really no restrictions on on tourism you can travel basically where anywhere wherever you want obviously masks and social distancing sanitizing that's all obviously a, a thing in Zim and yeah you would need a PCR certificate to travel into Zim, into, in, into Zimbabwe so um, before I flew in I had to get a, a COVID test and a PCR certificate but yeah that's about it. And there was no
0: um, quarantine when you arrived the only thing?
1: No 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 no, no quarantine at all um, the only issue is is if when reason you were to test positive there would probably be a quarantine period in Zimbabwe before you would be allowed to travel back to South Africa but yeah at the moment in Zim I spoke to my my doctor before I left and he said, your chances of getting COVID in Zim is extremely low at the moment. So yeah, definitely it's quite doable and yeah, definitely shouldn't shouldn't hinder your your plans to, to to travel to Zim.
0: But I think it was quite wise, you know, chatting to your doctor. I think it's a good thing to do. If you are looking to travel up, you know, obviously you might listen to this podcast a month from now, two months from now and the situation might change in terms of COVID numbers. I think having a chat to your doctor or someone in the nose is, is actually a good suggestion.
1: Absolutely, no. I would definitely recommend it. I would also say that South African doctors do underestimate the the capabilities of the the Zimbabweans. Um, I was told I would have to wait forever to get a COVID test, and I had my COVID test. Actually, I had my results in one hour in Zim as opposed to it took me a whole day here. So, um, yeah, definitely not as bad as as people think it is.
0: Join BirdLife South Africa on 27 and 28 May 2021 for the fifth virtual Learn About Birds or Lab conference. Attend both the Science and Lehman's Lab for just 800 rand or enjoy four world-class Layman's Lab lectures for just 350 rand. For more information, visit the BirdLife South Africa website or email lab2021 at birdlife.org.za. Lab is co-hosted by BirdLife South Africa and the Fitzpatrick Institute of African Ornithology. Proceeds from this event will go towards conserving South Africa's most threatened birds and their ecosystems. Okay, so we chatted all about the logistical stuff, so let's talk about the birds now. This is why people are listening to this podcast. Um, So you started off your trip in Harare, which, as far as I know, is in the northeastern kind of block of the country so tell us about this part of the trip and some of the birds that you got to see
1: so yeah just to give people an idea about you know what's going on in harari harari in terms of birding is absolutely fantastic you've got really good miombo birding and you've got really good flay and wetland birding so you, you can couple these two and you can get an absolutely fantastic time birding in harari in, in so upon my arrival i actually picked up my first lifer in, in 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 tony's garden a, a a variable sunbird and um yeah early the next morning we were out in Haka, which is a reserve in Harare. And, I mean, the, the Miombo birding was was mind-blowing. We picked up greenbacked honeybird really quickly. We picked up loads of white-based cuckoo strikes, African spotted creeper, uh, haliotas, subnaliota, that is. Um, so, I mean, Haka was absolutely fantastic. We then, in the afternoon, quickly made a trip to the Mukovisi woodlands, which is also a park right in the center of Harare, and managed to pick up, again, white's barbit and... Um, Beyond bleared styling, which we actually didn't see again on the trip. So you've got these small patches right in the city, and and the birding is is quite quite mind blowing. We then went into the wetlands of Arari again, right in Arari, in the city. Uh, you've got uh, monovale flay. and in terms of redlegs, it is it is it is excellent. We we picked up African crake, picked up stripe crake, streaky-breasted flufftails were calling everywhere. Um, so their flay birding in the city itself is 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 really great. We then met up with a uh, couple of local birders over the next two days, uh, Pitts Wanakan and John Blake. And yeah, headed up to Kristen Bank where we targeted Boulder Chats. We've got Miombo, Rock Thrush there, Wood Pippet, Auger Buzzard. Uh, so some really, really mind blowing birds. And yeah, really great to connect with the locals. They know the spots. Some really hidden gems there in Arari, where we've got Cabanis Bunting and uh, red Redcap back with, with Pitts. So definitely connect with the locals if you do make a trip to Arari.
0: Um, yeah, and I was having a look, actually looking in uh, Callum's uh, Callum's book, the Birdfinder book, right now, and there's just there's so many spots around Harare to actually go birding in.
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, all these spots I've I've spoken about are in really close proximity to any area in the city, and we basically, apart from cinnamon breasted, we we clubbed the the pieces, species, got all of the miombo specials in Harare. So it was, I mean, it was absolutely excellent birding right there in Harare.
0: Is that where you got the spotted creeper?
1: Yes. So, as I mentioned, the spotted creeper was in Haka. And, um, I mean, it's such an iconic bird of of Zim. I mean, whenever I think Zim, I think spotted creeper. And that was right in Haka, in the city. So... I mean, yeah, it's fantastic.
0: If you're not following Dan on Instagram, check him out. He got a crack of a shot of the spotted creeper. It's a really special bird. No, it it, it, it
1: absolutely is. And um, like I say, there's spots in the actual city. It was, it, I I kept like I was so surprised that you could get such good birding right there in the city.
0: It doesn't look like an easy bird to see. How do you actually? How did you manage to to, to find it?
1: So it was actually quite funny. Uh, for those of you who haven't birded Miambo, um, you really you're reliant on bird parties. Uh, if there's not a bird party, Mianbo is dead quiet. You don't hear a single thing moving. No birds are calling. And then all of a sudden, you'll just hear birds everywhere. And a bird party of like 17 species will will like pull through. And actually, on one of these bird parties, I was photographing southern Haliotas And um, I was busy photographing these birds. And then Tony sort of looked at me and he said, just move your 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 viewfinder just just like a couple meters down. And I do that. I moved my viewfinder a little bit down. there
0: was this the spotted creeper sitting right there. So that was, I mean, that was absolutely mind-blowing absolutely stunning but just describe the bird if somebody hasn't seen it just describe this bird just you know i started talking about how difficult it is is to see tell us how this bird looks
1: yes yeah, so it's, it's a surprisingly small bird actually um i was sort of expecting it to be, to be quite big um but it's it's really quite a small bird and as the name suggests it creeps up the wood so you'll see it sort of running up of these these vertical branches and across the horizontal branches and um yeah it's a it's a small sort of compact bird and beautifully patterned. Little black and white speckles everywhere um, and a really long and, you know, decurved bull, Um Such a, such a little cool bird.
0: It's like a mix between a whole lot of different species, like a whole lot of species got pushed together and this is the bird that came out. <laughs> Absolutely. That's probably the best, the best way to describe a spotted creeper. Okay, so from Morari, what happened? Where did you head to? So we then took uh,
1: a trip up northeast to Umfruidze National Park and we stayed at Hippo Pools. Um, so our main target there would be Livingston's flycatcher. And I mean, we arrived at the camp and there were Livingston's flycatchers literally everywhere in the camp calling nonstop. So it was, it was, it was incredible to get Livingston's flycatcher that easily. And it is quite a tough bird to get. So it was, it was really special to get it that easily. Yeah, we spent the next two days birding around there picked up right a twin spot which is really common in the camp I mean in the camp you've got you've got African broadbills, you've got narina Ner- shoguns in hippo pools so it was I mean the caliber of birding is 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 really unreal and yeah it's sort of got you're starting to get some of those zambezi valley birds there so you know racketel roller which' is not really a Zambezi valley bird but anyway racketel roller western bandit snake eagle those type of things you start to get there Adam furidzzi and it's. It's about, it's, I think it's exactly 100 k's away from Harari. So it's really not far, it's easily doable. And I mean, the birding was, was really unreal.
0: I saw some of the photos from It looks like an amazing, another amazing place. And just, I just was thinking as you were speaking about the different places you got to stay at, how is the accommodation in Zim?
1: Oh, the accommodation, I mean, there's all ranges of, of, of accommodation depending on the amount of money you, you are, are, are willing to spend. I tried to do it as, as budget as, as possible. But I mean, Hippo Pools is an excellent place. It was really, really, really fantastic. Really nice chalets, looking overlooking the, the 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 Missouri River. So it was it was a re- really nice spot. Um, but yeah, I mean it depends on on your budget. You can get everything from five five star accommodation to to camping and everything in between. So really no shortage of accommodation.
0: And then from there you visited my place of birth, Mutari. And I know this is quite close to Mozambique. You know, interesting enough, when I was growing up, um, we lived uh, not not too far from the, the Mozambique border. This is when I was very, very young. I can't remember this myself. And literally, this was in the middle of the, the war up in Rhodesia those times. And, you know, there literally would be uh, mortar attacks going off like a couple of hundred meters from our, our house. And my mom would go to work the next morning and say, oh, did, you hear that? did you hear the mortar that went off last night? And uh, my mom would be like, no, no, we all slept through it. So, you know, we live like in that area right in the middle of the war and i know it's right near mozambique it's not far from there and i've heard so many stories about the birding in this area so tell us about the birding in the mutari area
1: so yeah the birding in the mutari area uh that's well the the whole area there is called the the eastern highlands for those of you who aren't familiar with the layout there um and we stayed in the voomba at a place called seldom seen and i mean the birding the caliber of birding again was was really unreal uh, we had up, I mean, upon arrival, we had red-faced crimson wings you know, feeding right there in, in front of us. There were yellow-bellied waxbills singing cisticula and you know, really some birds that you expect that you associate with, 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 with Mozambique, essentially. And there were also, there's two endemic species that are only found in the eastern highlands, so, and both of which are really easy. So, Chirinda, Payless, and, and Robert Swobbler were both dirt common there, and um, actually two endemic species. You really can't see them anywhere else in the world. It's, it's it's really excellent and you've got everything from high altitude birding so we get to get blue swallows up there and then you go down to the valleys and it's and it's black wing bishops and it's zambezi indigo birds uh, gray waxbills. so you've got this mix of all these types of of birds um it's, an, it's a really a- excellent place
0: so yeah it's always cool to talk about the birds that you managed to see but let's talk about what were some of the birds that you dipped on that you still need to go back again to see birds that you wish you'd seen that you didn't get to see
1: so, I mean, first of all, I would have liked to get all of the Miyambo species, and I dipped on one. I didn't see Western Violet-backed sunbird, which is not strictly a Miyambo species, but still, it would, it would have been great to get that. So I'd, I'll definitely have to have to return for Western Violet-backed sunbird. Yeah, and the Eastern Highlands, I dipped on Silvery-Cheeked Hornbill, which is also... I mean, it's 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 a tough bird, but it's sort of expected there. Um, And yeah, as much as we tried, we couldn't see Silvery-Cheeked Hornbill. But I mean, in general, on our target list, I think we had... We had about 40 species and we managed to see 38 of them. So, I mean, our, our success rate was quite insane, actually.
0: And then in terms of the amount of birds you saw on the trip, what was your total tally at the end of the trip?
1: Yeah, so at the end of the trip, we we, we ended on exactly 250 species. The last addition to the list was actually also a life that started with variable sunbird and ended with a copper sunbird and chikarubi flay right in Arari again. So, um, yeah, that was basically the list, yeah. The thing is, Miombo is—I mean, it's—it's it's really fantastic birding, but it's not particularly, you know, it's not particularly productive. You don't see large numbers of birds that you would see, for example, in acacia felt. But obviously, what it lacks in species, it makes up for in really amazing birds.
0: And I just think, you know, looking at pictures of Zimbabwe and that, just seeing the the kind of environment that you get to bird in—it's an absolutely stunning, stunning country.
1: I oh, know it is. It is absolutely a stunning country. Um. Like I say, if for any reason the birds aren't cooperating, you you you're occupied with these breathtaking views everywhere. Um, we were actually looking for 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 cinnamon breasted tits on the Tom holly Road in the Wumba And um, yeah, the birds weren't went playing along. So for most of one afternoon, most of the next day, we were looking for these birds, couldn't find them anywhere. But I mean, the views were absolutely stunning. And that was sort of, you know, the motivation to keep going. And eventually we we, we did see cinnamon breasted tit. But um, I mean, yeah, like I said, the views make it so so worth
0: it. You obviously just got to visit Zim. Are there any other Southern African countries that you still need to visit, and what is what? When are you planning to go up there?
1: So yeah, there's quite a few trips planned. Um, I'll have to speak to the the Department of Finance here at home um, to to plan these trips. But um, yeah, I would like to do Namibia really badly. I think it's I think it's it'll be a, a fantastic trip. I've been once to to Alfa's Bay, but literally only for a few hours. So I mean Namibia for me is completely untouched. I'd love to get out there, and I mean Mozambique is is just fantastic. I've I've never been to Mozambique, and yeah, I'd be really 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 keen to get to to get to Mozambique sometime.
0: So Daniel, you're a part of BirdLife Polakwani and I know for a lot of bird clubs it's been a difficult season with the COVID where, you know, haven't been able to do bird walks and that. I'm part of BirdLife Port Natal and, you know, it's been a difficult season. So how high has it been for BirdLife Polakwani in this time and what are the plans going forward? And also, yeah, does how, how can someone, if someone's looking to join the club, how can they go around that?
1: Uh, yeah, so BirdLife bird Polakwani has still been going strong through the, through the pandemic. Um, we haven't had meetings for... Well, I mean, face-to-face meetings for obviously over a year now, but um, we've had several bird walks, several you know outings around uh, around Polokwane. So in that respect, it's still really been fantastic. And yeah, we're going to try to start getting back to the the face-to-face meetings. We've been having online meetings recently. Yeah, like I say, it's 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 still been going strong, but um, yeah, no no face-to-face meetings as of yet. But yeah, hopefully soon we can get back to some some kind of normality. But yeah, it's been it's been going well. Um, and yeah, for anyone who's interested to join, you can go check out on the website Berlafolagani. And yeah, definitely. Go ahead.
0: Okay, now I'm going to ask the Thorny question. This is the last question, and we've had it, we've been on, on an upper, so hopefully we're not going to finish down at the bottom. But you've spoken on the last two episodes about your bogey bird, which is a buff spotted flufftail. Have you managed to see one yet?
1: Saving the worst for last, Adam. Um, <laughs> Maybe, maybe, maybe it would be better to just end the podcast here. Yeah, um, no, I have not seen Above Spotify Fluff Tale yet. I know it's it's getting a bit ridiculous, <laughs> but no, I still haven't seen it. So it's still eluding me, and yeah, still need to still need to see one of the buggers. <laughs>
0: we spoke earlier about learning from other birders so if any other bird if any birders have some tips as to how daniel can see a buff spotted flufftail you know maybe just pop a comment on instagram or send him a message and we can help him try and find that make sure that by the time he comes back on the podcast that he can have a really cool story about seeing his first buff spotted flufftail
1: send me the pins guys please (laughs) help me out
0: Yeah, so Daniel, it's been good to chat to you again. Um, I know this won't be the last time. Um, we're gonna when we get the next batch of caps, we'll make sure to get you a cap, and we're looking forward to hearing more about your birding adventures. Yeah, I think you're one of our go-to guests, one of the people that we just love having on the show, and it's always good to chat to you. And if you're not following Daniel on social media, he's on Facebook, on Instagram. Um, really, some his posts will make you jealous. Um, He's a great photographer, a great birder, and an awesome person also. It's been great to have you on the show. And Daniel, thanks for giving me your time again, my bro.
1: Awesome, awesome, awesome.
0: Cool stuff. We are proud to be working in association with Wild Books to help get all the best birding resources into your hands at a great price. If you would like to support the Birding Life Project and the resources that we are putting out, please click on the link in either the comment section of this podcast or in our social media posts. Your support helps us to improve and hopefully make a bigger impact. Be sure to head over to our website, www.thebirdinglife.com, and check out all the exciting resources that we have on our website, including our exciting forum section to connect you with the world of birding, birders, and exciting birds out there. Do not forget to follow The Birding Life on Instagram and Facebook. We really appreciate everyone that takes the time to interact with these accounts. Be sure to check out Birdlasser and download the app on either iOS or Android and keep a lifeless while playing your part in social conservation, as well as Sorovsky Optic, one of the world's leading producers of binoculars, monoculars, and spotting scopes. So until next time, be blessed and happy birding.